guys, how about worship this semester? It has just been amazing. Can we just thank the worship team? Yeah. They come here every Monday to practice, and then their hearts are just so willing to serve through worship. So we are so excited just to see how God is going to continue to move in our lives this semester. And I love just over the last week, I've heard so many just stories of God doing different things in each of your lives, and it's so encouraging, and it really just pushes me on just to run hard after Jesus, so thank you so much. Um, I think God is just getting started this semester, and so let's continue just to move forward with expectation that God, our big God, is going to show up in big ways. So we're about to, we just finished a three-week series about worship. And we're about to jump on a two-week little, like, mini-series about love and being in relationship. I didn't say being in relationship. It's not a dating series, but being in relationship. So we're going to talk about love and relationship in a way that you might not be expecting because it's February and all, the month of love, and expensive stuffed bears at Walmart. Those things are $50. I just want to point that out because you can buy 50 tacos at Taco Bell with that. So... I think the real winner is you get the tacos instead. Um, but for the purpose of this two-week series, we're going to first talk about the most real love that you could ever experience. And then we're going to talk about the most important relationship that you could ever have. So the most Im- like real love that you could ever experience and the most important relationship that you could ever have, those are both God, if you didn't know that, God. So tonight I'm going to talk about God's love as a reality in our lives. And then next week, Danny, she's going to share with us about how making God's love a reality in our life, how that will change how we interact and how we love those around us. So we're excited. It's going to be awesome. Do not skip Chi Alpha because it's Valentine's Day. That's not acceptable. You bring your date here. And then, because we're a family, we're a little nosy, so we like to see what's going on. So do not skip next week, because it's Valentine's Day. We just care. So before I dive into scripture, I'm just going to pray again. You can't pray too many times, so just bow your heads with me. God, thank you for this night. Thank you just for the word that is about to go forth. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you gave us a book of your promises. You give us a book of your promises, Jesus, and we got to pick it up and we got to use it. So, Jesus, I pray tonight that the words that come out of my mouth are not mine, that my words are not the highlight tonight, but yours are. So, God, we love you so much and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, tonight we're going to be reading a lot from the Gospel of John and 1 John. So, if you have your Bible on your phone or your physical Bible, you can turn to John 15, 9 through 11. It's also going to be on the screen, so if you don't have it, that's okay. And here it talks about the most real love that we are ever going to experience, which is God's love. So it says in John 15, 9 through 11, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commands and abide in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I believe if you ask God, God, what, what's on your heart, what's on your mind, I believe he would say you. In other words, relationship is what is on God's heart. The kingdom of God is all about relationship. The kingdom of God is established through relationship. And if we don't 
understand that from like the get-go. The rest of what I'm going to talk about is going to mean absolutely nothing. So from the beginning, God, like his heart longs just to be with you. His heart longed to be with me. And the whole Bible is about God's rescue plan to restore brokenness because of sin so we could experience his love. So we could be in relationship with him forever. So don't ever tell me that God does not care about being in a relationship with his creation because he wrote a whole book about it. And I don't think people write a whole book about something that they don't care about. I think that would be a waste of time. So God cares about being in a relationship with us. And he accomplishes this rescue plan by sending his son to earth so we could experience his love for eternity. And Jesus is also referred to as Emmanuel, which means, it literally means God with us. God with us. So God, he longed to be with us. He just had to get to us because we were on his mind. He wanted to be in relationship with us because he loved us. And we have all, like, we all have those people in our lives that you just want to be around, right? Like, you just long to be in their presence. It could be your significant other. It could be your best friend. Maybe it's a family member. And you just enjoy being with them every chance you get because you love them. And you don't have to do anything, like, crazy with them either. It's kind of like those people you can call up at 11 p.m. and be like, do you want to come over? Do you want to make garlic bread? And do you want to lay on the floor in the living room? That is just a peek into my college, college years. Um, but my point is it doesn't matter what you do with these people. Your heart is like, I just want to be with you because I love you, because I care about you. If you have people like that in your life, value them. Do not let them go. So God, he just wants to be with us. He loves us so much that he just wants to be in our presence. He just wants to be in our presence. And to do that, God, he sent Jesus as a living invitation to the world so we could experience his love. Jesus is an invitation to the world to experience God's love. And I don't know you, but I love getting invited to things. I'm not talking about, like, those Facebook invites, because those are not personal enough for me, but, like, actual real-life invitations, like, in an envelope with a stamp with, like, Pinterest handwriting on the front. Like, I love those kinds of invitations because it makes me feel special, and it makes me feel thought of, and it makes me feel chosen and valued, that whoever is doing the inviting is, like, man, we love and care about Allie so much that we just want her presence to be here with us. That we want her to be with us in whatever we are doing. So Jesus is that invitation to you to experience God's love. God goes, I love humanity so much. I love Caitlin so much. I love Shaddai so much. I love Cameron so much. They are so special to me. I chose each of them. I desire to be with each of them. I want to invite them into my love. And just a few moments ago, we read from John 15, 9 through 11. And John 15 is like, that's probably my literal favorite passage of the Bible ever. And there's so much that you can get from that. I was like, I want to do the whole thing. Jesus, what do I do? He's like, just focus on one part for right now. But what we see starting in verse 9, Jesus tells us that as the Father has loved him, he loves us. Jesus loves us. So the same deep love that God has for his son Jesus, 
we get to experience through his son, Jesus. So the same deep love that God has for his son, Jesus, we get to experience through his son, Jesus. And in the second half of verse 9, this is where we get to see the invitation being made to us in receiving that deep love. And Jesus tells us that the most important thing that we could ever do, the most vital, the most essential, and I'm not hyping this up when I say this is the most important thing that you could ever do in your life. And God, he invites us to do this one act because he knew that every part of our lives was going to be transformed from this. He knew that it was going to be the foundation of our worlds. And Jesus tells us to abide in my love. Abide in my love. And in another translation of the Bible, it's called the Passion Translation. If you have not checked that out, you should because it is legit. It says in verse 9, Caitlin's a big fan of that. It says in verse 9, you must continually let my love nourish your heart. You must continually let my love nourish your heart. So abide in my love. That sounds simple, right? Just four words, abide in my love. And so I feel like Jesus, he didn't give us this list of 500 things to do. There was no complicated formula or equation to solve. Nothing meant to cause any confusion about what Jesus was inviting us to do. But he states with like the utmost clarity that we are called to abide in his love. God created us to abide in his love. So I'm going to kind of like define abide. So abide is to remain stable or fixed in a certain state despite what is going on around you and despite what is going on on the inside of you. So to abide is to stay stable and fixed in a certain state despite all the chaos that's happening in your life out here, maybe all the chaos that's happening in here, in your heart. And abiding in Jesus' love, it's believing, it's trusting, it's savoring, it's resting and receiving all that his love can do in our lives. He says, remain in my love. So simple. So, so simple. But sometimes I think we complicate the thing because, well, we are human and we're complicated. So he says, remain in my love. But then I was thinking, like, why? Like, why would Jesus invite us to do that? Why would he make that invitation to us? And he tells us that in verse 11 of John um, 15, and it says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In the Passion Translation, it says, my purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. When we remain fixed on God's love, when that is our focus, when that is the place that we choose to live, Scripture tells us that our hearts will be filled with joy. And not just like a, oh, it's a happy day. The sun is out. Which is happening. Wearing my chacos. It's choco weather now. Um, amen. But it's like an overflowing out of our hearts. Can't contain it kind of joy. And the Lord's been teaching me a lot about joy lately. I felt the Lord was like, hey, this is your word for the year. And I was like, I don't want it. I give it back to you. I don't want to learn about joy. And he's like, we're going to learn about joy. But it's the kind of joy... That when everything is crumbling around you, when your world seems to be falling apart, when crap just, when crap happens, you know that God, did I say crap? Someone's here, crap. Um, 
that God's love remains. No matter what's going on, God's love remains. And every time I read about God's love in John 15, it always jumps out to me that Jesus asks us to remain in his love, not maintain his love. So there, there's a difference between remain and maintain. Because we don't get to kind of live that joy-filled life because of our ability to maintain our love for Jesus. We don't experience God's love because we have to maintain it. Because when you maintain something, you you keep it, you're trying to keep it like in an existing state from either failure or decline or change. And you have to really work and strive really hard to keep something the way that it originated. Keep this over there. But it almost kind of can become like laborious and tiring. And at some point in our lives, maybe you've had a friendship or a relationship or a coworker or someone in your family where the dynamic, it was just like real hard to maintain. And like you couldn't do enough things to make like their love and their affection consistent or stay. And like all your efforts would kind of come back, leaving you just not feeling good, like not feeling good enough. But you, you strive so hard, and you did all the things, but it wasn't enough to maintain it. And that's exhausting, right? Because the relationship that you have with that person starts to become dependent on what you can do. And God's love in our lives is not dependent on what we can do. So how much we strive or work really hard or go, if I just do this right, or if I just say this right, if I finally just overcome this sin issue, if I finally just overcome this addiction or this struggle, then I'll be able to continue to experience God's love. No, that's not, that's not biblical. God invites us to remain, not maintain. Because we're human, we're going to fail, we're going to fall away, we're going to have seasons of disconnect, you're going to have seasons where you feel far from God. And God's love is not contingent on those things. So that's why God doesn't ask us to maintain. He simply asks us to remain. Stay fixed on my love. Stay there. I just want you, I feel like God's like, I just want you to stay there, please. Just, just stay there because our lives are not about our ability to maintain our love for Jesus. It's about our willingness to remain in his love for us. Our lives are not about our ability to maintain our love for Jesus, it's about our willingness to remain in his love for us. Every day we are invited to remain. So I want you just to reach under your chair, like literally under the bottom of your chair. You got to feel around, but you should have a little envelope. Don't open them. I know this can be challenging. Pull out your little envelope. You don't got one? Everybody under your chair, under the seat of your chair. Got right, isn't this so exciting? Chi Alpha Male. I'm gonna give you guys a couple more seconds. All right. You guys can open your mail. Open your mail from the Lord. He delivers here. McLean is a drop off point.
You can open it. Yeah, I want you to open it. So this is your reminder. This is your reminder. Yes, we hand wrote all of those. My hand about to fall off. But that is the greatest invitation that you're going to ever receive when the Lord invites you to remain in his love. So I want you to keep that. Put it on your, I don't know, your bathroom mirror, in your car, somewhere that when you look at it, when things are going on in your life, you can look at that and you can know that the Lord has invited you to remain in his love. All right, we're going to we're gonna move on. So you can put those under your chair, in your Bible, whatever you got to do to stay focused. All right, here we go. But in order to live somewhere, we have to know what it looks like first. I always think of our dear friend, um, Johnny. Sorry, Johnny the Toes, talking about you. She's my roommate. Yeah, give my roommate a round of applause. If you don't know Johnny, you need to. She's a great person, very dear friend. But Johnny is from Arkansas, and she kind of moved up here to the snow globe of Edinburgh, Pennsylvania, with ever having stepped foot in this town. A little risky, I know. But she moved here without even knowing what this place um, was going to look like. And I think I have assessed, assessed accurately that the snow and cold has been a little shocking, right, to you just a tad. She finally just got a winter coat last week, so that is a big, big yes. That's how you know you're a true eerie-ite. And so we tried our best to prepare her for where she was going to live without her ever being up here. We tried to do that through some FaceTime calls, but you can't really understand what it means to live someplace when you don't really know what it's like. So Scripture invites us to remain in God's love but in order to do that, we have to understand what God's love looks like first. So you can't live someplace when you don't know what it's supposed to look like. And when we don't know what God's love truly looks like, we won't be able to give it away to others like God commands us to do in verses 12 and 13 of that passage. He writes, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that is such an amazing thing that God also invites us to do. And like I said, Danny next week is going to be unpacking these passages that's talking about when you know the love of God, then you know how to love other people well. So don't miss next week. Another plug. But what does God's love really look like? And I think love nowadays is a overused and watered down word. I think sometimes we lo we say like, I love tacos. I love you. You know, like, I don't know if that's like the same type of love. So I think we've kind of lost the weight and the depth of the word because we sometimes sell ourselves short of the real thing because we actually don't know the standard. Like we actually don't know what we're supposed to be aiming for. And so our relationship with people, your relationship with people in this room should look like how God loves. And so you may have a person in your life that, like, you just don't know where you stand with them. We all have those, like, friendships, like, maybe a friend who's always joking and, like, but they're kind of, like, hurtful things. And you're like, I think there may be some truth in that, but I'm not sure. It's, like, a weird, like, I don't know where I stand with you. 
Or maybe there's a friend that's always like, we should hang out, we should hang out, we should hang out. And then they, like, never invite you to do anything ever with them, and that's kind of confusing. So you just don't know where you stand with them. But have there been moments in your life where you have felt that way about God? Have there been moments in your life where you have felt that way about God? You go, I just don't know, I just don't know where I stand with him. And maybe I've done too many wrong things. Maybe I've made the same mistakes over and over again. Maybe I haven't talked to God in a really, really long time. And I just don't know what God thinks about me. I just don't know where I stand with his love for me. But in John 15, 14 through 15, scripture tells us this. It says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Jesus calls us friends. He calls us friends. For a while, old school Kyle for days, we'd be walking around calling everybody friend. We're like, hey, friend, hey, friend. That was really confusing because, like, people end up, like, friend zoning people really easily when that wasn't the intention. So I think that has died off in Chi Alpha world. But Jesus calls us friends. He writes that in scripture. And that astounds me. And that kind of stops me in my tracks that the son of God calls me a friend. And it just doesn't, like, make sense to me. And it's kind of hard for me to wrap my mind around. And I want you to think about those people in your life, like your closest best friends in the entire world, and why are they your people? Why do you know these are the people that are going to be in your life for the long haul? You love spending time with them. They're constantly there for you when life gets hard. They encourage you. They speak life into you. You can tell them anything and everything. You feel like you can let your guard down with them. You can, like, all the masks that we put up can come off. You know that no matter how unlovable you may act sometimes, they're going to stick with you to the end. And they know all the details about your life, all your likes, all your dislikes, all your quirks. And these qualities that you find in, like, the, in the truest people, the most real people, is what you can find in Jesus, but way more. Like you thought that sounded good, but you can find that in Jesus plus way more. Because the love that God invites us to remain in is the most personal love that we can experience. Because God can love us more in a moment than any other person could in a lifetime. He can love us more in one single moment than anybody else in your life could love you that much throughout their whole lifetime. The scripture, it reminds us this in Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, and it says this, It says, then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. And when, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply personal and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. That's the standard. That's what 
That's what we're aiming for. And this is the kind of love that God, that he invites us into. It's a love so personal that you cannot just help make it the source, make it the very root of your life. And it's the kind of love that we get to remain in each and every day. And that scripture says a love that is of great magnitude. So it is higher and wider and longer and deeper than we're going to ever truly know or understand on this side of heaven. And Ephesians says that this love is deeply personal and it's far-reaching. It says endures all things. It's inclusive. And it's the kind of love that, like, when you experience it, you just can't help it. Like, it'll just draw you in. It'll just draw you in. And this week, God was like, you're going to talk about my love. And I was like, no, I'm not. I was like, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about your love. And he's like, fine. And I was like, I'm not to do it. I refuse. This is my sermon topic. Actually, this wasn't my original sermon topic. And the Lord was like, I think you need to talk about my love. I was like, well, can I just talk about, like, relationship in general? He's like, how are you going to do that if you can't first talk about my love? So ever try to tell God no to something that he's asking you to do because it does not work out very well? Let me tell you that. And it was just nagging at my heart. He's like, you have to start by talking about my love for you. I was like, God, I don't want to write about your love. I said, why is this so hard? I said, why am I uncomfortable writing about this love, this amazing love that you invite me into, that you invite every one of us into? I, I don't understand this kind of love. Why can't I just remain? Like, why do I always have to feel like I have to maintain? And God said to me in that moment, Allie, it's hard for you to remain in my love because you're always trying to make the cut. You're always trying to make the cut because you don't think you make the cut in any relationship that you've had your entire life. And there's many times in my life that, like, I will look at past, like, friendships, and I'm like, I strive so hard for that person's love. I, I, I work so hard to maintain it if I was just more of this or more of that or less of this or less of that then I would be more deserving. Have you ever found yourself there in any relationship in your life? Like, then I would be more deserving. We try to earn people's love, but why would you ever want a love that's just not freely given? And that's our human nature. That's insecurity. That's fear that's trying to rule your life, trying to make you work so hard to make the cut, trying to work so hard to fight for a seat at the table. And sometimes God just smacks you in the face with some revelation. Right? I'm like reading about God's love, and he's like, it's like I'm going to pound it into your head. And maybe some of you in this room, maybe all your life, you have you felt like you've had to fight for people to stay in your life. You've had to fight for people to love you. You've had to fight to make the cut. But God goes, I don't care. This love that I give to you does not care if you don't think you can cut it. I don't care if you don't think you're good enough or smart enough or attractive enough. I don't care if your personality is too much. I don't care if your personality you feel like is not enough. I don't care if you feel like you have royally screwed up your life. I don't care if you feel like you're the messiest person on the face of the planet. I don't care if you feel like you struggle with the most secret sin ever. He goes, I don't care if you don't think that you can cut it. Because God's love, it, it like draws a circle and it says you're in. God's grace, it draws a circle, it says you're in too. 
God's mercy, it draws a circle and it says, you're in. Come on, let's go. And maybe all your life you've put people at bay. Maybe you've like, have pushed friendships so far away in your life because it's easier, because it's safer. And in this relationship here, you don't have to strive. God goes, stop striving. Like, knock it off, because that is not the love that I ask you to remain in. You don't have to earn my love, because you're, ne- you're never going to deserve it. You're never going to deserve it anyways. So me, I'm going to invite you into it. So he invites us into a love where we're like, we don't have to make the cut. We don't have to wake up every day wondering where we stand. And wondering, like, God, is this my relationship with you? Like, is this complicated? Like, I don't know. And sometimes I would sit there wondering, like, when am I going to do the thing when God finally goes, you know what? Like, my love has run out for you. My love has run out for you. I spent the majority of my life, even until very recently, running like, God, like, when am I going to do the thing that I messed up so bad when you're like, you know what? I'm done. Because the reality is in our own humanness, we don't make the cut with God. Because of our own humanness that we see in Genesis chapter 3, where sin enters the world and it separates us from remaining in God's love, no, we don't make the cut. We don't make the cut on our own. So we're going to hop over to 1 John 4, 9 through 10, and it tells us this. It says, the light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. The band can um, come up. So God made a way so we could make the cut. God made a way so we can make the cut. God made a way so that we would always be enough. God made a way so that all we would have to do is remain in his love. And so he sent his son Jesus. Jesus left his throne in heaven. And I'm pretty sure he had it dang good up there. But Jesus left his throne in heaven, stepped into our world to be the living sacrifice for all the things in this life that would want to separate us from Jesus. For all the things in this life that we are going to have experience that where it's like you're not going to make the cut. So when we accept Jesus into our lives, when we receive him as our Lord and as our Savior, We get to stop striving. We get to stop striving. We get to stop trying to maintain. And we get to stop trying to work real hard. Because all God asks us to do is remain. Remain in my love by accepting me into your life. And Jesus, he already did the hard work so we don't have to. Jesus already did the hard work, so we don't have to. And in a minute, we're going to give um, you guys in this room to a chan- like a chance to accept Jesus into your life for the very first time if you never have. And so we're just going to take a moment. If you have never asked Jesus into your life, if you've never received salvation, 
Tonight we want to give you the opportunity to receive the love that we have been talking about this whole time. It's a love that you don't have to earn. It's a love that you don't have to deserve. Because Jesus made a way for us by dying on the cross to live in relationship with God forever. It's a love that doesn't care if you don't think that you make the cut because he says you do. He says, my perfect love will cast out all fear. And so we're just going to take a moment. And so you guys just close your eyes, bow your heads. If that is you tonight, if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we just want to give you an opportunity to do that right now, to be invited in to the greatest love that, that you have ever known. And so everybody's eyes are closed except mine. Mine are open because I just want to agree with you and be excited for you as you take this next step just in your walk with the Lord. So if that is you tonight, you could just raise your hand. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So we're going to say this prayer together as a child for family. So you guys can just repeat after me. Jesus, I love you. I want you in my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. So now I can live in relationship with God forever. Thank you for a love where I can remain. Thank you for a love where I always make the cut. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. But thank you for freely giving it to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just get can we just celebrate for the hands that went across this room? of you in this room have known Jesus for a long time. Maybe you've known about his love for a long time, but you aren't remaining. You are not remaining in his love. And maybe somewhere along the line, you went from remaining in God's unconditional and easy and reckless and all-consuming love, and you switched over to maintaining. You went to maintaining. It's made your relationship with God laborious and strenuous and exhausting because you're trying to work for God's love. And that turns into anxiety, and God's love is not anxious. God's love is not anxious because God does not give his heart to us in pieces. God does not give his love to us in pieces. His love isn't fractured. His love isn't troubled. His love isn't restless. His love is not disengaged. It's not disengaged because he literally sent his most beloved son from heaven to be with us. He gave up the greatest love of his life because we became the greatest love of his life. So God's love for us is not disengaged. It's alive and it's active and it's real and it's relevant and it's sacred and it's good and it's present. It's present right here, right now because God does not give his heart to us in pieces, God does not hide himself from us just to tease us. That's a cruel love. 
That'd be a cool love. So God does not hide himself to tease us. He always wants to reveal himself to us. We just have to ask him. So maybe tonight you don't know what God's love truly looks like in your life. And God's like, just ask me. Just ask me to reveal it to you, to show it to you, because he wants to do that. And just at the end of 1 John 4, 6, 4, 16 through 18, it tells us, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever, lo whoever lives in love lives in God. And God lives in them. And this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. And in this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So scripture tells us when we come to a personal experience of God's love for us, we can trust in the love that he has for us. We can trust in that love that God is who he says he is, that God does what he says he will do. And when we are living in love, we are living in God. When we're living in love, we are living in God. We are remaining in love. We get to remain with God. So each day we can wake up fearless in the face of judgment. We can wake up fearless in the things that this life is going to want to throw at us because Jesus came so we would make the cut. And verse 18 reminds us that love never brings fear. It never brings fear because fear is related to punishment. And Jesus already took that punishment for us. Because Jesus died on the cross, that was the ultimate expression of love that could ever be. It's the ultimate expression of love that will ever exist. And Jesus' ultimate expression of love, it drives out the fear of punishment from our hearts. It, it drives out the battle of wanting to maintain, wanting to strive so hard for God's love because if we're constantly walking around afraid that we don't make the cut, then we have not remained in his love. We've like rejected the invitation. We sent it back. We said we, we cannot make it. <laughs> but God's perfect love, it drives out all fear because God's love is stable. God's love is secure. God's love is sure. We just have to accept the invitation to live there, to stay there, to stay in that state no matter what is going on around you, no matter what is going on inside of you. He says, remain in my love. Remain. I don't, do not forget that word. Remain, remain, remain. This semester, will you be willing to remain in God's love? When you fail the class, will you remain? When you don't get the job, will you remain? When you get rejected from grad school, will you remain? When someone you love gets a medical diagnosis, will you remain? When you're at war in your heart, in your mind, will you choose to remain? When you struggle with self-hate and insecurity and depression and anxiety, will you remain? Because you can always come back to remaining always come back to abiding with Jesus. There's never not a time that he's just waiting for you to come back to a state of remaining with him. And I think another reason why it's hard to remain in God's love is that we don't take the time to remember. 
So when is the last time that you really have thought about what Jesus did for you? When is the last time you really sat down and meditated on Jesus dying on the cross for you and for everything that life was going to throw at you? Communion is a way that we can remain in God's love by remembering what he did for us. By remembering that Jesus dying on the cross was the ultimate expression of a love that simply asks us to remain. In scripture, it tells us to continue to take communion, to continue to remember what Christ has done for us until he comes back again. Because when we remember, we can remain. And the enemy would like nothing more for all of us to forget the extravagant love that Jesus has for you. Because this love brings freedom, right? We've been talking about freedom in worship the last few weeks. This love that God has for us, it brings freedom. It brings the breakthrough. It brings the deliverance. It brings the healing. It brings the victory. And last week, TJ talked about worship as our weapon. Worship as a way that we fight our battles. And when we remember that what Jesus has done for us, that he's literally God with us, and we remember his love, it just should compel us to worship him. It's like something that you like you can't contain inside of you. Like you, you need to express it. And so I'm gonna have you guys stand, and we're just gonna transition. Um, just some, we're gonna literally transition. But we're gonna take to communion together um, as a family. So I'm gonna give you some simple instructions. It's gonna get crazy here for one second. But if you accept Jesus in your life, if you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to partake in communion with us. The band is gonna continue to play for a moment. You guys are gonna come up and get the elements, and then you're gonna go back to your seat and you're gonna wait because we're gonna take them all together. So I think the easiest way to do that is we're kind of just like, kind of go row by row. I'm not going to dismiss. I'm not going to like handhold you, but just kind of watch. But the easiest thing I would say, I would come up this aisle. I would take your elements and then I would exit from the outside. So that way it won't get congested. So come up the aisle, grab the elements, and then you're going to exit on the outside aisle. So you guys can dismiss yourself row by row. And then as we do this, as we do this, this is the one thing that I ask. And we just kind of remain in this posture of worship. That remain thinking about what God has done for us. Alright. Even in this moment, just ask Jesus to reveal more of his love to you. God, like, what, what do you want to show me? What do you want to show me about your character, about your nature? Because God is faithful, and he'll do that. He'll do that.
just want to take a moment. I'm going to read um, in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus sat with his disciples. And this was before he was about to go to the cross. And we'll find this in Matthew 26, 26 through 29. And it says, During the meal, Jesus took and blessed the bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. And he said, Take and eat, for this is my body, so we can eat the cracker. He took the cup and thanked God, and he gave it to them. And he says, drink this, all of you, for this is my blood. God's new covenant poured out for many people for the forgiveness of our sins. So we can drink the cup. And for this moment, you could just put this under your chair. you can cut the lights. So we're going to take a moment and I'm going to pray. And we're going to go back in and we're going to see Jesus, we love you. Because when we realize how much, how immense God's love is for us, we can't help but say back, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Our hearts are compelled to worship him. And during that time, I know we offered this before, but I just want to encourage you guys to like come up and fill this space. And that song says like, all our affection, all of our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. So I'm going to pray. You guys can come up now if you want, whatever you want to do. We just want to pour out our love and our affection on King Jesus. Because thanks to him, thankful for what he did on the cross, we get to make the cut. And that's when we can start to find freedom in our lives. That's when we can start to find healing in our lives. And I don't know all of you in this room personally, but somebody in this room must need healing for something. Whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, whatever it may be, let Jesus continue to pour his love out on you. Like Jesus just had to get to us. I just picture him from heaven just like stretching, like I just got to get to them. My love just has got to get to them. So I'm going to pray. God, you are so good. You are so faithful. God, I thank you so much for a love that does not care if we think we make the cut. Because without your son Jesus, who went to die an obedient death on the cross, we would never have made the cut. But God, you loved us so much that you sent Jesus, you sent Emmanuel, that you literally sent God with us to earth. 
so we could experience a love that just does not make sense, that we cannot just wrap our minds around, and that is the beauty and that is the mystery of that. But God, you want to reveal yourself to us. God, I believe during this next song that you're going to continue to reveal yourself to hearts and lives and minds. God, because when we continue to know who you are, God, we can live our lives in security with you. God, we don't have to wonder where do we stand. Where do we stand with you? God, you love us. We are your children. God, I thank you so much that your love brings freedom, that your love brings healing. God, you are so good. God, you are so, so good. God, I pray that we can remain, return to a state of abiding. We can turn to a state of remaining with you, that no matter what is going on around us, no matter what is going on on the inside of our hearts and our minds, that we choose to remain fixed, that we choose to remain stable on you and on your love for us. Thank you for extending the invitation. Thank you so much for extending the invitation into your love. God, we just give this next time to you. God, whatever you want to do in this space, whatever you want to do in this room, God, we say yes, because if you're not here, we don't want it. God, if you're not here in this room, we don't want it. And God, we know that your presence is here in this place, not because of a building, not because of four walls, but because you live in us, your presence is inside of our hearts. And that, was, that is what makes your presence real and alive and it manifests in this place. God, we trust you. We love you. In Jesus' name.